Hi, I'm Rachel Housel Hall. Welcome to Authors on the Air. I am thrilled to talk uh, with one of my writing heroes today, David Corbett, about his new fantasy, um, The Truth Against the World. David, hi. Hi, hon. How are you doing? I'm fine. Miss you out here in, in California. Well, it sounds like, sounds like you might be moving up a little bit further north. Uh, no. No? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. Mm -mm. I was wondering if there was the gravitational pull between the daughter I know, and the mother. That maybe was... in Oregon? <laughs> um, no, she, she'll always have a home here in Los Angeles. And we like, we like visiting. So um, congratulations on this new book. Thank you so much for your incredibly gracious and generous cover quote. Um, it was very gratifying to know that the book Aww. touched you. Um, yeah. And I've been really gratified, but a lot of readers are responding. One of the nicest things I heard recently was somebody said, if you like the film, The Children of Men, you'll love Ooh. the book. Yes. And I, that is that was kind of some in the back of my mind as I was reading it. And I was actually on the Edgar Committee for Best Screenplay the year that that was up. And that was the one we oh, voted yeah. as the best screenplay that year. Even though no one in Hollywood sent us screenplays, we had to oh. sort of infer the screenplay <laughs> from the film. And I remember that um, uh, Jason Starr was really committed to the new Bond film, you know, Casino yeah. Royale. And he just said, look, they reinvented the franchise. And I said, they did. I agree. But I'm not sure it's the script. Yeah, And so yeah. it was just one of those things where we just sort of had to, and I, I don't know if you've been on an agri committee, you know, we all vote one, two, three, and then ultimately yeah. whoever gets the most ones is the winner, which doesn't, mm -hmm. that's, it, could, it could be that it was nobody's one, but it was too, a lot of people's twos and it got up there. But in any event, that was the film. And I well, do love that film. Well, uh, people are loving it because one, you've been a hero too and, and an advocate and mentor to so many of us. So it was an honor to, to read. So let's jump in. Please share with the listeners, you know, what is truth against the world, the truth against the world? Well, first of all, the title is from a, the old Irish Fenian cycle. It was a cycle of myth concerning a warrior band called the Fianna, whose leader was Finn McCool and his son was Ocean a warrior poet. And their motto was the truth against the world. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do with this book, I wanted to deal with something that if dealt with realistically, and almost all of my fiction up to now has been realistic mm -hmm. fiction. Right. I thought it would just be too grim and um, too dark for people to want to embrace. Because it deals with what I fear might be happening in the United States, which is a an era of civil disturbance, very much like the Troubles in Ireland, except mm -hmm. the, the Northern Ireland is the size of Connecticut. Yeah. Imagine that and, nationwide. Right. Because there are more guns than people in the United right. States. So what is the story? You have two incredible characters share who these folks are, um, Georgie and Shane, what their point is, how they meet. Um, what were their inspirations? That's several questions. Which one should I start with? <laughs> um, their journey. Well, 
And they the, each the, have the, separate journeys. Yeah. They both had their own hero's arc. The way um, I got myth, that the mythic element, I wanted something that tempered the, the reality that I fear is coming. So I wanted to take a sort of a mythic element. Well, how do I work that in? And what I did is I made Georgie a young artist and, and poet and writer who meets Shane, this um, custodian savant. He's working as a janitor uh, in this college. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, he did three tours uh, with the American Armed Services in the Middle East um, as an Irishman, and that does happen. And uh, but now he's working as a janitor, and he kind of sits in on this class on Irish myth, and they meet, and they just have an instant connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a friendship connection, and that's one of the things for me. Uh, I've also been gratified. Some of the reviews have really refreshing. mentioned that. You know, this isn't a forced romantic relationship. These two no. people are really, truly friends. And that was really yeah. important to me. I've There's called- love there, but it's, 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 it's a friendship. It's a, and in some ways, father-daughter. Um, in some ways, just respectful friendship, a caring friendship. It was refreshing, oh, good. actually, to... Yeah, I, I've been, there's been some people who've responded to the book that way. And I said, thank you. That's kind of, I once wrote a blog post going to love that dare not speak its name. And it was about platonic love between men and women. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, it's like in a book, yeah. you know, if, if mm-hmm. there's a man and a woman and they're connected, oh, sooner or later, they've got to fall in love. And I go, well, right. that's funny. That doesn't happen in the real world. A lot of us are good yeah. friends. So right. that was important to me. So they developed this friendship and, but she also falls in love with her professor Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of term, she wants to give him this amazing gift. Um, and Shane, knowing these old Irish stories intimately and knowing that they're intrinsically creative, says, well, what if you think of it this way? And she says, oh, my God, that's a great idea. And she writes this wonderful book called The Truth Against the World, based on mm-hmm. that Fiona uh, slogan. But her professor cruelly breaks things off basically destroys her because she's sort of very susceptible to depression. Yeah. Shane finds her that night in a, almost a, a, a fugue state. And as he says, you know, you can never turn your back on a life you save. Mm-hmm. And he saves her that night and they remain close, even as she's sort of in and out of institutions because of her depression. Meanwhile, the book gets published by the professor under his own name. He becomes famous. It becomes this the inspiration for a video game which yeah. is also itself a watering hole for all the malcontents who are performing some of the worst of the atrocities in the mm-hmm. civil disturbances and once georgie realizes this has happened she goes i want to find him i want to confront him and shane says i i will be there with you and their journey is to find it's like their grail we're going to find yeah. that original book we're going to tell the world the truth about this book and and what was done with it and because we just we just can't live with ourselves if we don't do that so you are known as like one of the best crime writers we have why move from something that you know like the back of your hand to this you know very new type of genre for you fantasy insanity (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, I just, um, 
everybody's saying it's a very, it's a gender, a gender, a genre bending book. And I agree with yeah. that, but there's really nothing about the story that um, doesn't have thriller elements. No, it's definitely thriller, but there's a whole time thing that we're dealing with. Right. And otherworldly type ruminations that definitely aren't of today's modern world. Well, that was, and like I said, the reason I pulled that in is I wanted to mitigate sort of the horror of what the, re- the political reality we may be facing. I said, I want to talk yeah. about that, but I want to do it in a way where the readers will find it an easier in because mm-hmm. the characters have a, a connection. Let's just say that Shane's connection to these stories is a little more than just he heard them as a child. Yeah. And I don't want to give any more away than that because it's one of the big reveals right. in the book. But because of that, his perspective on what's happening is informed not just by Irish history and, and, and American history, but by this mythic element of what it means to know that there is a world beyond this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that the, the consequences are not as dire as we might think, but the situation is as bad as we would hope it wouldn't be. Um, One of the things that you said uh, when we were discussing this that really touched me was you said that the book, the travel is so scary. It reminds me of having to travel with the green book. Yeah. And that really, really hit me hard because that was well and that's what made me think of um what one traveling anywhere as an african-american and then the stand um we were where were we somewhere recently and it's like oh you can take this road and it's cute i think it's um oh i was writing a story the next in the next novel that's coming out next year um the i think it's I don't know what road it is, but it's from Death Valley, Joshua Tree, that goes all the way up to Canada. And they're like, oh, it's a beautiful drive and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I would love to do that, but hell no, I'm not, I'm not. I, the thought of being alone out in America's wilderness as you know, a, black, a black woman, I can't, I can't do that. So every time, you know, you place Georgie and Shane in a new uh, location, it scared the hell out of me because I'm already holding my breath thinking, oh, wow, they're in you know, that part of Pennsylvania or they're crossing that farmland over there. It, it really, I was really concerned. And there was no one that they could really trust, which in itself is another kind of adventure. Well, you know, on Twitter today, there was some pushback against the NAACP issuing yeah, a travel warning for Florida. People going, right. travel warning? Really? Isn't that just a little overwrought? And I kind of went, no. well, that's white people speak if there ever was yeah. one. And, it's a uh, very real thing for us. Yeah. It, 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 it really is. And so for it to be, you know, in something that's considered, you know, fiction, it's like that part is not fiction at all. It's, you know... It's, it's a real thing. It's a scary thing. And for this vulnerable young woman who you're worried about anyway, and on the road 
with a, 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 a guy she kind of knows, but not really, you, ho- you, you hold your breath a lot while reading this, which is a good thing, which is what you want to do. Good. Congratulations, you succeeded. <laughs> well, and, and the other thing that happened, um, and I know I'm going to have Irish writer friends who absolutely kill me on this, um, uh, or they'll just slag me off, as they would say. Um, Which, thank you for uh, providing that, the pronunciation, God, uh, yeah. the glossary back there, because I have no idea. I'm like... Oh, have, have you ever seen um, Saoirse Ronan? There's Ooh, a YouTube. Yes. Saoirse like, Ronan. Saoirse Ronan gives Stephen Colbert a lesson on how to pronounce difficult Irish names. You can you can get it on YouTube, and it is one of the most hilarious little okay. episodes of you like trying to teach people how to pronounce Irish. And I I've, I've taken Irish lessons, and I said, so this is a language you memorize. It's not one you learn. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's it's like, just those that they just traffic. Like, how am I supposed but, to know that? I know, and it makes no sense. And uh, <laughs> or you know, it, well, here's the reason it doesn't make any sense. It was an older culture. And it was monks, yeah. you know, who, who oh. transcribed it. And they were trying to use weird consonants and vowels to convey some of the subtleties of the vowel inflections. And as a result, it just as a written language is, is impenetrable unless you really, really, really study it. Yeah. So I cut you off. You were saying your, your Irish friends are going to jump on. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're just like, bullshit. <laughs> what do you know? Blah, 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 blah. Irish Americans, well, trying to be Irish, blah, 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 blah. But one of the things that I point out in the book is that, you know, Shane has spent far more time in America than he has in Ireland for a simple reason. He, he's, he's the kind of person who has to disappear. Yeah. You know, he can never stay anywhere for very long. Well, Ireland, that's a, that's, that's a trick. America, not a problem. Yeah. And so I, in, in a lot of ways, he's, um, he's almost more Irish-American than Irish, but for other reasons, which we can't disclose, because then we'll blow one of the great reveals of the book. Right. So you are also known for, you know, the art of characters. Like, I've read that book many times when we've done book passages, uh, the conference in, in Northern California. I've sat in on your lectures. I can't even remember how many times now. Seeing that you're a pro and seeing that writing is always dynamic, especially when you are um, dipping your toe in a new uh, genre, did you learn anything from this experience that you didn't learn, that you didn't know prior to writing The Truth Against the World? It's more I had to unlearn something. Oh. Because my technique is, very, again, very realistic. It's really based on psychological realism. But... Then I went to look at these old Irish stories and, you know, I mean, there's the, you know, the man with a terrible singing voice who has no head, but a single eye uh-huh. in the middle of his chest. I mean, yeah, you know, there's something about yeah. folklore and that whole, you know, there once was a woodsman who lived deep in the dark forest. Boom, we're there. How does that yeah. work? And that yeah. was one of the amazing things to me is I, when I was reading these stories to sort of get inspired on what would be the living sort of sense of the world that Shane, the Irish character, would have. 
And thinking mm-hmm. of these stories as an inspiration of that, realizing that sort of just freedom and also, you know, it's like, well, what's his backstory wound? I mean, what the guy yeah. with the eye in the middle of his chest? Who cares? <laughs> Other than that, yeah. you know, what's the dragon's backstory? Oh, give me a break. Um, and so it was, it was. It was something where I had to sort of embrace an older story of story. I mean, older form of storytelling, and being, mm-hmm. you know, it based on, you know, the character facing. A crisis, as opposed to, well, how did they get here? You know, what are the things that are going to keep them from doing it? Well, that's in the book. Yeah. And you know, when you realize what Shane's real arc is, it's pretty late in the book. But you yeah. realize, oh yeah, there's there's definitely backstory and everything, but the tone of of mm-hmm. folklore, the tone of yeah. that sort of, you know, in fact, that's the reason that that the first part of the book is called the Prisoner in the Tower. It's sort of uh-huh. a mythic thing, and it's it's yeah. it's Georgie in the asylum where she's being kept because of her quote unquote depression. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, so many of the other chapters about, you know, the woman in you know, the woman in the river, you know, the woman with the golden hair. That's, I've always wanted to sort of keep on conveying a kind of mythic sense that yes, this is a story about what could possibly be real, but it has resonances beyond that. And to give the reader the sort of freedom to float in that dual space. So we're we're coming down to the last few minutes. Um, is this a series with 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 these characters with this world, or is this a standalone? No, it's it is a series, but mm-hmm. um, the pro, you know the problem is uh, you know it's going to take place a little further in the future. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I I know that you've just written a fantasy novel, so yeah. you probably get this. Trying to write about the near future. By the time you've got it down, you're writing about the past. Right. And if you try to predict a little further in the future, I mean, anything could happen. There's so much going on in AI, in med tech, you know, in the climate crisis, you know, in in weird weapons that are being developed, in just the disjunction of the world. And and, in this country, you know, the United States, supposedly the most reliable democracy in the world. And yet Europe is looking like, you know, Maybe we need to cut our ties from this. Yeah, y'all are crazy over uh, there. No. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of that. So I'm sitting there. Okay. That's the hardest thing to get down is saying, okay, just build your damn world and stop move looking. On. <laughs> yeah, stop looking over. Because you have, after a while, you just have to say, stop. This is a finite right here. I'm, I'm, I'm going in and that's it. Yeah. Um, research, so, so when- research is the most creative form of writer's block ever invented. Yes. So when is the story coming out and where can our listeners find it? Oh, you mean The Truth Against the World? The, the Truth Against, yes. It's uh, published, pub date is June 1st. Oh, that's next, that's next week. I know. Oh and, my God. And um, if you go to my website, davidcorbett.com, you go to the page for the book, and there's all sorts of buttons for however you want to buy the book through, you know, uh, independent bookstores or Book Passage in particular, where you and I have both taught, or yes, yes, Barnes and Noble or Amazon or Apple Books or Kobo, wherever you know, whatever, however you want to do it, you can get at that. If you want to pre-order the book, I will bless you for the rest of my life because you and I know <laughs> pre-orders have become this thing that yes, if you don't get them. 
you're a pariah. If you do to get, the, yeah. well, maybe I'll do another book with you. And <laughs> so, so if you want to pre-order it, I'd be incredibly grateful. And it is a, I have to, I'm, 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 I'm first of all, I'm proud of the book, but this, yeah, you should be. I've really been gratified by so many of the people who have read it and reviewed it so far have really gotten it, which means yeah. I didn't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations for not screwing it up. There you know. It was an honor talking to you about oh. this story and I'm about writing you. as always. I'm going to see you in two weeks or so, or three weeks. At, at the um, California Writers Conference. California Crime Writers Conference, Where yes. you are a guest of honor. Yes, I am. I am going to wear a tiara, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, it would suit you. Yes, thank you. You're thank welcome. you. Thank you. Well, thank you all for joining us on Authors on the Air. I'm Rachel. That's David over there. Um, get his book. See us online. Uh, have a lovely summer. <laughs>